Hello and welcome to another episode of Ascend, the official podcast of Ascend College Ministry at Our Lady of Good Counsel Catholic Church in Plymouth, Michigan. I'm your host, Carl Finkbeiner. The following talk was recorded at the Ascend College Night on Tuesday, June 9th. In this episode, I discuss how sin enslaves us and how our father weeps because his children have rejected him. Lord, in our deepest being of who we are, our deepest identity, you tell us we are a beloved son, a beloved daughter. And so as we begin this night, Lord, we ask that you help us to know that is exactly who we are, that you are a father who relentlessly pursues us, pursues our hearts, because you love us that much, and you desire that relationship with us. So help our hearts, Lord, to desire you more, to desire the friendship you offer, to desire you as our father, as the one who loves us more than anyone else can love us. Tonight, Lord, we lay everything at your feet, every part of who we are, because, Lord, you tell us who we are. My son, my daughter, that is what you tell us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So last week we addressed those questions of who does Scripture say that God is? And who does God tell us that we are through his word? To see what that reveals about us and our identity, as well as our destiny as sons and daughters of the king. And so the natural question, I guess the follow-up to that, is to look around at the world and say, okay, if God is good, if he's loving, if he created all things good, including us, then why is there so much sin, suffering, evil, death in our world? Where does that fit into the picture? Where does that fall into our Christian biblical worldview? And the answer lies in the fact that Scripture is very clear that we do have an enemy. He's called the devil, Satan, the accuser, the thief, the father of lies. St. Peter tells his disciples in his first letter, Be sober and vigilant. Your opponent, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Scripture is very clear that, that Satan is real, and he's the reason for all the suffering that we, that we endure here on this earth. Solomon wrote in the Book of Wisdom that God formed us to be imperishable. The image of his own nature he made us. But by the envy of the devil, death entered the world, and they who are allied with him experience it. So it is through the envy of Satan that death comes to be, that sin comes to be. And it's his envy toward us, not toward God, but toward us as God's beloved creatures made in his image and likeness. Satan, Lucifer, was the most powerful being that God created. And when he heard that his mission was going to be, his, his role was to serve these lowly human beings and that their destiny was to share in the life of God, he really hated that. And he, made it, he rebelled against God and he made it his mission to destroy us. And so God has this incredible plan for our lives and it includes abundant life. It includes love and joy and peace and freedom. But Satan has a plan for our lives as well. And it's something that we don't like to talk about, but it's true and we need to be on guard against it and learn what are some of his tricks that he uses and how can we fight against that in the name of, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So his plan for our lives includes, is basically rooted on separation from God because God is the source of our lives it is through him, with him, and in him 
that we live and move and have our being. And so Satan's mission is to separate us from God and so to cut us off from our source of life. And he knows that when we are in the arms of our all-powerful, all-loving Father, there's nothing he can do to tear us away. That he cannot stand in the presence of God. He can't possibly claim us from the Father unless we willingly remove ourselves from the Father's arms. And so he plays off of the free will that God gave us, which is honestly the greatest gift that we have as human beings. We are free in order that we may love, because love that is not freely chosen isn't love at all. It's like an arranged marriage. It's a contract, but it's not a covenant. And what God desires to give us is covenantal love. And that can only happen if, if both us and God willingly, freely choose that. But with the freedom to love also comes the freedom to choose not to love. It's just inherent in, in our nature, in our free will. And so Satan lies to us about those two questions we addressed last week, about who is God and who are we, in an attempt to, to get us to rebel against God, to turn our back and to leave the Father's embrace. And so some of the ways he does this is by lying, by twisting the truth, right? He'll, he'll, come, he'll, he'll latch onto a, something that has a, a sliver of truth in it and twist it. He also tries to break our trust in God's goodness and his love. That was the first temptation right? He said that God is jealous of you. He doesn't want you to eat the fruit because he knows you'll become powerful like him. And he also lies about who we are. He'll attack our weaknesses and make us feel like we're not good enough. He'll try to drown out the voice of our father and make us think that God doesn't love us so that we'll turn our back on him. And when we do turn our back on him, when we sin, we sever a relationship. We break ourselves away from God. And it's kind of like, like an astronaut at an international space station or something, where if you push off away from the station, there's nothing you can do on your own power to get back, right? You're just floating in space away from that foundation of the space station. And the only way that you can reverse course is if someone else if someone catches you and leads you back. But on our own, own power, we're hopeless to repair that relationship. And not only do we, by sinning, walk away from the Father's loving embrace, but we walk right back into the arms of our captor, right, Satan. And so what is God's reaction to all of this? How does God respond? Is he angry at us from tur for turning our back on him when we sin? Does he say, that's what you deserve, and just kind of leave us to our own devices? No. That's not, that's not our God. Our God relentlessly pursues, and he loves us through it. And he reaches out his arm and invites us back. But we're the ones who need to choose to take that step back. I got a, an image in prayer over and over again this week as I was preparing for this talk. And it was of the Father, head in his lap, hands below his knees, weeping. Weeping because his beloved children have rebelled against him and therefore have sold themselves into this slavery and are suffering because of it. The book of Exodus gives us a clue or gives us a, a picture into how God responds. A 
of the Father's heart for his chosen people who are in captivity. The Israelites groaned under their bondage and cried out, and from their bondage their cry for help went up to God. God heard their moaning, and God was mindful of his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God saw the Israelites, and God knew. God knew. This one word implies so much. He knew their suffering. He felt it deeply, and he empathized with them. He knew what they needed. They needed a Savior. He knew what his response would be, and he knew what that response would cost him. God knew. And this knowing is the essence of a deep and intimate love that he has for us. He knows us personally and intimately, and he wants us to know him intimately as well. To know that our cry for help has been heard and answered by a personal and loving father. God knew. He knows all. He knows us. He knows me. He knows each and every one of you. And he knows those parts of your heart that are in chains because of what has happened to you or because of the way Satan has tricked you into rebelling against him. God knows. And he extends his arm and he invites us back into his embrace so that we may come to know him fully once again. And so this week, I would just encourage you and invite you in prayer to take, take a few things to prayer. The first would be asking the Lord to give you a few images or visions. And the first would be a vision of what it feels like to be the victim of human trafficking. This can be a very graphic image. Obviously, it's one of the most horrible things that can happen to a human being. But in order for us to grasp and appreciate how great the good news is, we need to understand the depth of the bad news. We need to understand how utterly hopeless we are without God, without Jesus Christ. So I invite you to take that to prayer and ask the Lord to reveal to you, what does that feel like? And show you that, that that's us without God. That's us in the hands of Satan, who day and night gives us over to torment, who keeps us chained so that we cannot escape no matter what we do on our own power. But it is only through a greater Savior, God alone, can set us free. So I ask you to, I invite you to pray with that image. The second image I invite you to pray for is just ask the Lord to give you a vision of the Father's heart, of Him weeping over you and over your suffering. Ask Him to show you how much He loves you and how much He wants you back fully in His embrace. The second thing that I would invite you to do this week is to pray for conviction of your sins, to repent, and to seek healing. So conviction is very different than condemnation. Condemnation is from the evil one. The evil one tells us, you have messed up, therefore you are bad, and there's nothing you can do to change that. So you may as well just keep, keep along that path, because God doesn't want you back anyway. 
That's, that's the enemy. That's what condemnation is. Conviction, on the other hand, is the Lord shining a light into those areas of our souls that are in darkness or that are in bondage and showing us where we're enslaved so that we can invite him into those areas because he's waiting outside the door with a chain breaker to snip those things off and set us free. But we need to let him in. Again, he's not going to reach out and grab us. He's going to give us the freedom. And so behold, I stand at the door and knock with his chain cutters in the other hand, ready to bust in when you invite him and to take care of the enemy and to set you free. So ask for that conviction. It always comes with a sense of, thank God for revealing this because now I know how I can become free, how he can make me free. And then once he's revealed that, once you've gotten that conviction, repent. Go to confession. St. John the Baptist, in preparing the way for Jesus, preached a baptism of repentance. He said, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. We must first repent in order to receive the healing that Jesus wants to give us. So to prepare for Jesus' coming into our hearts in a deeper and fuller way, we must repent to open the space for him. So we're going to have confession later tonight. Um, so I encourage you to take advantage of that, um, to lay your sins down, to allow Father Brian, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the authority given him by the church, to break those chains for you. Also, every Wednesday from 3 to 6, we've got confession here. And the third thing I would invite you to do is seek healing. So, when we go to confession, those chains are broken. We are set free. But sometimes those chains are so tight around us, whether it's what's something that someone else has done to us or something that we've done to someone else that we, we're still feeling that guilt or whatever it may be, sometimes there are marks that those chains have left that God doesn't want to be there. And so there's a great weapon, I guess, that we have in the Catholic Church called uh, Unbound Prayer which is a healing ministry that seeks to help us go deep into those past wounds and be set free from them. You can pray through the five keys. And we have some people in this parish who are really experts in, in healing ministry. We pray in the grotto um, during that confession time, three to six. So if that's something you think that you could use or benefit from, then I really encourage you to seek that out as well. And then the final thing that I would encourage this week is to ask for the Father's heart for other people. So, so often we're quick to condemn, we're quick to judge people who we, who we deem as bad or irritating or people who don't know God and whose life apart from Him clearly is not bearing the fruit of, of a disciple. It's easy to respond with that condemnation, to cast them off, to maybe even wish evil upon them. But this week, I invite you to ask the Lord to give you his heart for those people. Peter Herbeck, uh, who works with Renewal Ministries, had a quote that really stuck with me that I heard a couple years ago. He said, no human being is my enemy. Satan and his army is my only enemy. And the rest of us are all brothers and sisters called to fight against that army that Satan has sent upon us. So we, we, our, our role as, 
as human beings is to be building up our fellow brothers and sisters. To be calling them on to greatness, yes, but primarily to be meeting them and leading them to freedom. So I invite you to ask for the Father's heart for those people in your life, especially those who it may not be easy to love, but recognize that they too are subject to the slavery that comes with our human condition. So I guess just to recap, ask for those visions this week of how hopeless we are without God and how he weeps for us and wants you back in his arms. Ask for conviction, repent, and seek healing where you need it. And ask for the Father's heart for those other people in your life. So right now we're going to have an opportunity in adoration in a few moments here to be in the presence of God. Jesus Christ, who is one with the Father, will come physically present on this altar. And he invites you with open arms to come back into the Father's embrace. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please email ascend at olgcparish.net with any questions, comments, or feedback. Also, check out our Facebook page, at Ascend OLGC, for more content as well as information on our summer events for college students and recent graduates. Our mission at Ascend College Ministry is to help young adults develop an abiding relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ and equip them to live a life of discipleship and mission. I hope that this podcast will help you along your journey of faith. God bless.